Man, moral victory, actual losses. Lost more than a game. It has been an eventful day for the Dallas Cowboys. All right, let's get into it. Thank you for joining the Armchair Champion Podcast. This is Tori coming to you. Um, uh, just uh, getting a bit of news in the uh, aftermath of uh, last night's game, last night's uh, moral victory, uh, well, loss um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it looks like today we've done a bit more losing here. Um, first, we are going to be without Michael Gallup for three to five weeks. Um, uh, so got that report earlier. We're going to be without Michael Gallup for three to five weeks. Nonetheless, uh, uh, we have a pretty, well, a perceivably uh good enough uh, wide receiving core to where some of the other guys can step in and put in uh, play uh, solid roles in uh, in his absence. So that means likely CD lamb is going to be the number two uh, for that time period, for that uh, frame of time. And that's uh, pretty much, uh, that's pretty much uh, the uh, hallmark of next man up. So it's not a bad number two to have in lieu of your actual number two. So um, there's that bit of news. And now it looks like it's just coming out that Lyle Collins is going to be suspended five games for violation of the NFL's drug abuse, uh, substance abuse policy. Excuse me. Um, Now, that's a big blow to the offensive line. It's already kind of hurting. So that means we get to watch more shifting go along on that offensive line. Um, Pretty much like we did last year with all the injuries we sustained. But this time it's just circumstances outside of injury. We didn't have Zach Martin because of uh, testing positive for uh, COVID-19. Connor McGovern came in in his stead and actually performed well. And now... We are losing Lyle Collins for five weeks for substance abuse policy violation, what's perceived to be a substance abuse abuse policy violation. Likely that means what's going to happen is we get to see Terrence Steele step in his place. I'm not a fan of Terrence Steele uh, being at right tackle. In fact, this goes back to my argument about Isaac Alarcon. I think Isaac Alarcon has the tool, has is more prepared to play the position fundamentally than Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele might have game experience, but if Terrence Steele is still making the same mistakes and getting blown off the line, not getting his head around, you know, not being able to, you know, get his feet set or, you know, be able to go into the trench fight. If he's having those same issues he was having when he started last year, I don't see how you keep this guy in that position. Like, sure, they had Alarcon. He still got some fine tuning, but I think Alarcon personally is a far better option. Fundamentally, mechanically, there's some things. Again, like I said, there's some things that Alarcon still has to work on, but I think Alarcon would be a better choice 
because I'm just not a fan of Terrence Steele. I'm just not. I'm just not. Um, just watching him last year, I know he was just a rookie, and you know I, I understand that. But so was Isaac Alacon. All right, so they both came in at the same time, and I again go back to the mechanics and the fundamentals, and just watching Terrence Steele's body work, I fail to see how. Terrence Steele is better than Isaac Alarcon. Maybe someone can educate me further. I don't know, but I fail to see it from where I stand. Um, just uh, looking at the game last night, um, it it was just as I expected. It was it was a close game. So I expected that fully to happen. We got a close game. It came down to the wire. And also some of my worst fears happened. It came down to a a missed call. Um, Saw Chris Godwin push off on Jordan Lewis to get the catch that led to the uh, game-winning field goal for Tampa Bay. Now, I've always been a big proponent of teams winning, winning so convincingly well that you take the power of the referees away from deciding victory and defeat. That did not happen. We had plenty of opportunities. The Buccaneers gave up four turnovers, four, four. We could have at least came up with scores on two of them. And then we had the kicker, Greg Zerline, missing basically just walking or chipping field goals. It was just, it was, it was a lot. It was as though opportunity was there. And it seems like in some of those situations when the Cowboys have an opportunity on a golden platter, they, you know, somehow, some way manage. Now, I don't think this was done purposely last night, or I don't think it was done just as a lack of, uh, a lack of, um, composure. But it seems like the Cowboys have a propensity to go the opposite way of that opportunity instead of embracing it and taking the making the most of it. We left. We left seven points on the board from the kicking game alone, an entire touchdown. What I said the Cowboys could win by, on average, a touchdown. We left that on the board. Didn't take, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't capitalize. But offensively, I said that this would be a game where if Kellen Moore was going to show up, where Kellen Moore was going to prove his his keep, this was the game. That's still a question mark. Now, I will admit, he did a good job with the strategy. He essentially and effectively did what I saw would be a key to victory. They set up a lot of play action. But, you know, instead of, you know, trying to test with the run for the most part, they set up a lot of underplays, you know, screens and things of that nature. 
that was able to throw the defense off, and at some point in time, it made the defense honest. We exposed the corners. Those corners were not effectively not hanging with the wide receivers we had on the field last night. They weren't. They were not. So we exposed the corners. We basically kept the uh, run defense sort of at bay. Um, so, so it helped us march down the field and it helped us score more times than not. Um, or it helped us, you know, at least move the ball. So in that respect, Kellamore did a pretty good job. Now, the red zone is the huge red flag that negates all of that, you know, because we still get to the red zone and we sputter out. I honestly believe Mike McCarthy needs to step in and help this help this man get his red zone scoring strategy uh, together and consistent. He needs to help him out. It's time. It really is time. You can't throw a pretty ball between the twenties or do or call a pretty game between the twenties and then, you know, once it's time to go into the red zone, once it's scoring time, you start gassing out. the The objective of the game in the red zone is to score. You have to score. If you're there, you you have to do everything you can to score. If the other team stops you. You know, if they're if they're they're bold enough to stop you or if they're strong enough to stop you, oh well, but you're still gonna have to put your best foot forward. In the meantime, we either get cute in the red zone or we run out of gas. That's not good. That's really not good. Especially for a team with I don't know, a perennial all pro running back. That's not good. You can't do that. So, yes, they need to I think Mike McCarthy needs to step in. If he's supposed to be this purported offensive guru, enough time enough time has been given to Kellen Moore to, you know, to to spread his own wings. Now you've got to start to guide him on how to fly. You have to show him how to fly when the bank, when the barrel roll, you got to show him these things. You know, he can you, you, you know, he has some idea of what to do. He has a concept. Now you have to show him. You basically have to go to fundamentals with him. So that that's what needs to happen on that side. The defensive side, I didn't see much of a pass rush. However, they kept battling. They were able to get some pressure on Brady, but no one virtually, no one touched Brady. <laughs> And it started to smack of the same problems we've had for so many years, same problems that myself and other Cowboys fans have screamed to the top of our lungs about. We need a pass. We need somebody up the middle to disrupt that pocket. And I honestly think Osa did a pretty good job. I, th- I think he did good. But still, it just maybe we're a step away, a half step off. I don't know at this point in time. But it didn't look effective. Well, it didn't. It looked. I'll, I'll say this. It looked as though it was a concern for the Buccaneers, but it didn't look effective to a point where they had to concentrate their efforts on the first worry being is the quarterback going down. But we need 
maybe we have something going on there and it hadn't just yet shown up, especially with those young guys. But hopefully, hopefully we'll get Neville Galmore back and that'll make an impact. Hopefully we can start getting uh, him and Osa going and that'll definitely be nice if we can get those guys to be some true disruptors up the middle. But, you know, it didn't look all that effective, but it looked like it was sort of, it looked like there was potential there last night in the uh, middle of the defense. But, uh, other than, you know, other than that, my next big issue was the second cornerback slot. Trayvon Diggs did his job and well. Him, him versus Mike Evans was well, that matchup was what one catch for ten yards out of three targets. Trayvon Diggs did a great job. Now the biggest concern has to be Anthony Brown, or <laughs> yes, no, it has to be Anthony Brown. Period. Anthony Brown got beat twice. From what I saw, twice by the same guy in the same fashion right on the outside. And he didn't trip. He wasn't pushed. He just basically just flat out got beat. Just beat, got him looking. You know, like they say in baseball, got him looking. That's exactly what happened. Anthony Brown twice when against Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown got him looking. Ran right by him. Nobody schemed to get Anthony Brown out of that situation. They left him out there. Nobody found. Nobody tried to find any way to bracket the receivers. Nobody tried to do anything with, of that nature because Anthony Brown is. I feel like Anthony Brown is a stone liability on that defense. He is a liability in that secondary. Honestly. <laughs> I I I hold accountable Dan Quinn for not having pulled him after that second touchdown that got surrendered and put somebody in. And if you're going to put somebody in, get some safety help up top. That or or spread it out a little more, you know, go to a nickel look, something of that nature. I would think that probably would happen. I'm not the coach there, but I mean, uh, philosophically, I, I would think that that would be something that could work if you just spread, just add an extra corner in there, something to bracket the guy that keeps beating your worst corner on the field. I would think that would uh, that would uh, come to mind. But um, other than that, I saw. I think Michael Parsons did fairly well. I think. Um, the linebacking core, they didn't have a terrible night. I mean, they, they, they had a solid night. They had a pretty solid night overall. They did. They had a solid night. Um, offensive line had a solid night. Receivers had a stellar night. Running back, kudos to Zeke. Zeke's one of the best blocking running backs in the league, and he proved it last night. How many times did somebody try to come in off a of blitz, and he was able to literally – he was able to literally stonewall that and sort of delay it. Gave Dak some time back there because they knew the blitz was coming from the linebacking core. They knew it. And he was able to stop it, stave it off, 
He was able to throw his blocks. So, yeah, Zeke definitely, of course, you would have liked to see more running out of Zeke. But Zeke is also essentially a pass blocker. Like, if he's not going to run, he's going to likely be the person you're going to have to stay in and, and pass block. Because if you send a blitzer free to your quarterback and say all oh, your linemen are tied up, the quarterback's going to get railroaded. And you don't want that. Especially not from your star quarterback. No, you don't want that to happen. Dak had an awesome night. Awesome night. Sure, he had one interception, but that was basically sort of like Something that happens in tip drills, it goes off the receiver's hands. Somebody on the defense takes an opportunity. They see it in the air. They're able to grab it. So that was one of those, you know, tip-ups. You know, it wasn't thrown directly or anything of that nature. It went off the receiver's hands, off of CD's hands. Tip-up, unfortunate. But Dak still had a stellar night. Although, with a strain like he had, the first game he comes out, he's thrown the ball 56 to 60 times. Now, considering the situation, I get it. You know, because the run game was basically going to be non-existent. Like that, 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 that was that was pretty much the way it was going to go. So you can't exactly you can't exactly raise that as a high concern, but still a concern nonetheless, especially given that the quarterback's coming that that Dak is coming off of a strain. That he uh, suffered in camp. Um, any other game where you could actually run the ball, but you decide to pass the ball 56 times, yes, I'd have a huge problem with that. But given the kind of run defense we faced, you have to take that into consideration. So this is kind of like sort of saving the philosophy that uh, Mike McCarthy was uh was honing in on where if your quarterback has to throw the ball 40 or 50 times a game, you failed. This was one of those times where the exception, this is one of those times where you have to go with the exception and not the rule, because this was definitely an exceptional situation that, that defense could, that front front defense can stuff a run. They can stuff a run. So this kind of a game where you're facing a defense that gives up nothing on the ground virtually, it's the exception. So at first I had reservations about that, but when we look at it, uh, I had to reconsider and I sort of had to, you know, put, put, put the, had to put the fangs back in because <laughs> I surely was going to talk about that today, but I was surely going to get all, get into that. But, you know, kind of got to, you know, table that one because there was an exceptional situation, but Dak had a stellar night regardless stellar night and personally I think if anybody had any questions in their mind as to whether Dak was worth what the Cowboys offered him gave him if anybody had any question as to whether Dak is an elite quarterback last night your questions got answered effectively Dak is a baller he is a player's player. He is a leader's leader. Dak is a quarterback you want in a huddle, regardless. Even though we lost, the man plays at a winning level. You can't find that mentality everywhere. 
The Cowboys were blessed and fortunate to have that talent waiting in the wings when the unfortunate happened, when Romo went down with a back injury. And we had that talent waiting in the wings. Little did we know, you had a little did you know what you had when you got him? Now, if you look at him, if you needed more proof, last night that proof was there that you got what you were looking for, and then some. Looking forward, I think we're going to have to address the kicker position. I, I, I'm not sure whether or not it was just Zerline was in his head or he wasn't confident in his back or whatever have you. But honestly, we're in a position where we're in the middle of the season. And sometimes those field goals, even though you need more touchdowns than field goals, but sometimes those field goals can add up if you miss those points. Because just like last night, it comes down to it could come down to simply a field goal. Last night was a two point loss. The field goals that Zerline missed would have gave us the win. And that extra point. So that's seven points left off, left right on the board. That would have made the difference and an effective difference. So I think we have to address it and we definitely have to re-strategize the cornerback two position because Anthony Brown is not it. He's not. He's not. Anthony Brown is not the answer there. And now with the loss of Lyle Collins for just over a month. We have to worry about the tackle position. And this is where I was vehemently against putting Alicon on the practice squad because I believe mechanically he's the better between himself and Steele. He's the better of the tackles. They can still bring him up. They can. This is why you roster a guy like that so you don't have to worry about should we bring him up and Do we have to drop somebody in order to bring him up? He would already have been there. He would have already been ready to go. All you have to do is get him ready. What? On the practice squad? Or at least the way I believe it is still, unless they change in the last collective bargaining agreement. If you bring someone up from the practice squad, you have to cut someone. So you put yourself in that position where now you're going to be down your starting right tackle. Something's got to be done somewhere. You're going to be shifting the line around. You don't want Zach Martin going on the outside. You need him at that guard position. So you kind of worked your choices there, but not necessarily because you still have them. But honestly, if you're going to bring them up, if you have to bring them up, you're going to have to cut somebody, at least the way I understand it, unless it's changed. Again, someone educate me if that's changed. But we just have to do what we can in that regard as well. So 
this is what we're dealing with. And hopefully we can overcome this adversity. You know, it's a little bit of adversity, but hopefully we can overcome it. We've seen worse. Prayerfully, it doesn't get worse, but we can overcome it. We just have to, the Cowboys just have to, you know, just have to basically move as one unit, move as one team and just do what they can to overcome any adversity that's standing there right now. The adversity is standing, they're about to embark upon, they just have to overcome it as one unit. Next up is L.A. Chargers. That's going to be interesting. I won't say interesting. I think that'll be a, a, a game that will pique my interest because you get to see the young quarterback come back and play. Um, and we get to see our team and see how much we may have improved from this experience. But... We'll uh, look to facing the Chargers. So, it was definitely a great game last night. As always, it had us on the edge of our seats. And ended up another moral victory for the Cowboys. It was a loss, people. But at the same time, you know, at the very same time, we can't be too upset. Like, uh, there's no point to which the Cowboys did any critical damage to their chances of winning last night. They blew shots, yes, but they were able to recover, and Tampa gave them plenty of opportunities. They just didn't maximize on those opportunities, or all of them. But the Cowboys didn't catastrophically ruin their chances. So, that's a plus. Cowboys played a solid game. Hung with the Super Bowl champion team. Gave them fits in a lot of areas. Played a tough game against the Super Bowl champions. A team that so many people believe were going to, was going to crush the Dallas Cowboys. It's the way I've seen it along. You know, just up to, lead, up to and leading the, to the game. Just, Oh, the Cowboys are going to get crushed. They're going to get annihilated, obliterated. Anything you can think of with total destruction, synonymous to total destruction, the Cowboys were going to receive that. They were going to be on the receiving end. But the Cowboys made it tough. They went stride for stride with the Super Bowl champion, made it hard for them. And surprised pretty much everybody that said that they were going to get torn limb from limb. So you can be upset about the loss, upset about the way, you know, about, you know, the critical call that got missed. But overall, I applaud the performance. Wasn't perfect, but I applaud the performance because the performance was a solid one. The performance showed everyone that the Cowboys can compete and at the level that people have claimed they can't. And Cowboys, I believe, got a lot of respect last night <laughs> from people that, that that 
always seem to jest and joke, make the Cowboys the butt of jokes. I think a good a good deal of that crowd had to change their minds last night. Will it last? We don't know. But for now, that's the victory you get. And if they keep playing the way they played last night and they grow and expand and get better at that, what Dak said to Brady last night will be true. They'll see them again. So overall, solid performance by the Cowboys, even though we came away losing. You know, we came away with the moral victory and not the victory that counts on the on the uh, on the stat sheet, the scoreboard. We don't we don't have the victory that gets you into the playoffs or whatever. Or a victory that could count toward the playoffs. But the Cowboys showed a lot last night. And I think they earned a lot of respect. So that's the victory you get. Just take that. Just take that experience and build the showing of promise that's exactly what they did and if those guys can continue to get better and hone their skills the future's brighter than you think so in closing Wish uh, Michael Gallup a speedy recovery, get better, come back healthy and ready to ready to go. And wish Lyle the best in his situation. But looking at now, we just move forward to the Los Angeles Chargers. Well. I am headed out. I'm going to take off here. I'll talk to you all soon. Um, Unless some other news comes out, I'll be talking to you sooner than you think. But um, I'll definitely uh, be tuning back in with you here. So keep keep your ears up. Stay tuned. Until then, take care. God bless. And I'll see you on the sidelines. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. Peace.